0: From the heart of our nation's capital, here's Family Research Council President Tony Perkins.
1: Well, hello everyone and welcome once again to Washington Watch. Coming up as we move toward the end of the year, we look back on 2020 and we have seen some radical upheaval in American society. Spring lockdowns in response to the coronavirus pandemic erupted into a summer of protest after an American, African-American man named George Floyd died in police custody. Riots gave way to violence and looting, including a self-declared autonomous zone around the Seattle City Hall and a months-long standoff outside the federal courthouse in Portland. Many cries were raised and efforts advanced to defund the police, and as unbelievable as it is, some elected officials in many of America's largest cities publicly denounced their own police forces. The result was predictable. Demoralized officers walking off the job and, you guessed it, an increase in crime. All that was bookended by a farcical impeachment trial of President Trump in January and in November, the most contested presidential election result in over 100 years. What a year it has been. But it leaves us with the question, what's going on? Is all this just one long string of coincidences or is there some underlying bigger issue at play when we look at the breakdown of law in our society. In just a moment, I'm going to be joined by Phil Hudson-Piller. He is the pastor of Influence Church in Orange County, California, and the author of, aptly named book, One Nation Without Law. But first, let me remind you that as we approach the end of this long year, we know that monumental battles are just on the other side of this new year, and your partnership with FRC can make all the difference. When you give before December 31st, your gift will have doubled the impact thanks to a generous matching challenge. So let me ask you will you partner with us to defend life, the free exercise of faith, and the family? Go to tonyperkins.com and you can donate right there. John Adams, the second president of the United States, in a message in October of 1798, to the 1st Brigade of the 3rd Division of the Militia of Massachusetts, said this. He said, quote, We have no government armed with power capable of contending with human passions unbridled by morality and religion. He goes on to say that, that, that our government was made for a moral and a religious people. It is wholly inadequate to the government of any other. We're well, joining me now to talk more about the state of affairs in America and the lawlessness that seems to be encapsulating and, and moving across our land. Phil Piller, He is a senior pastor of Influence Church. He earned his BA in history and biblical studies and a master's of divinity with postgraduate studies at Oxford University. He has published more than a dozen business and leadership books, including the highly acclaimed One Nation under law Uh, pastor phil welcome to washington watch
0: thank you tony it is a it is great to be with you and what a timely subject to be uh dealing with in in the kind of the conflicts we've seen in america over the course of the last uh, year especially but even reaching back into our history we see that lawlessness is not a new uh, fad for america nor for the world And I believe there's just uh, a great resource in the Word of God and in in studying culture and undercovering what's really, uncovering what's really going on in our world today.
1: Yeah. And uh, let me set the stage a little bit more with our listeners because you and I were actually having this conversation over dinner a few months ago in Southern California. And uh, you mentioned, uh, we were talking about a number of things and you mentioned this book and most books are usually uh, after the fact, uh, you were a little ahead of the curve here. You wrote this book in 2017, One Nation Without Law. And I mean, it was it, it's so timely because that's right where we are now, where lawlessness is, is really invading every level of society.
0: It really is. And when I was approached by my literary agent uh, about a book somehow dealing with end times or what's happening in our world, um, I, I had about four or five ideas, and one of them was the mystery of lawlessness, which was the working title, which is a, a, a phrase right out of the Bible in Second 2 Thessalonians 2.7. And as it developed, this new title emerged, and uh, the basis of it really was a story that I had uh, reaching back. I was doing a show for the History Channel. And I was the biblical expert, and there were you know, people from UCLA, and there were philosophers and worldwide. And, and the producer, after I finished talking about the book of Revelation, he turned off the camera, and he looked at me, and he said, What keeps you up at night? What scares you? Just off the record. And without even missing a beat, I said lawlessness. When lawlessness marches down Main Street, unabated, I said, that's when you have to worry, because that is a signal that society has really unraveled. And uh, I I, I wish I could have captured his expression in that moment, because it was like he was pierced through the heart with the concept that what would happen if there were no law? What would happen if the police were ineffective and the government could not stop the lawlessness? And little did, did I know at that moment that we would see something very close to that, um, modeled in key cities across America, just a few years later from that.
1: Yeah, it went, I mentioned this at the beginning um, a, a quote from John Adams. I mean, the founders had the same perspective. I mean, I think what they feared the most was lawlessness, but they understood. Uh-huh. That the government couldn't be big enough to demand that the citizens obey the law. I mean, if you have that, you have tyranny. What 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 he was pointing to is the fact that there is a foundation that provides for a society that will be civil. Where the citizens will abide by the law, and it is the moral law, and and so I, I looking at your book, I think you point to this very clearly that the further we move away from God and an understanding that He is the one who sets the rules, we we delve into this lawlessness.
0: Oh, indeed! In fact, I one of the things I say in the book is that the law, meaning that delivered law from God to Moses is really represents a relationship with the lawgiver. So you, if you have law, but you don't have a relationship with the lawgiver, the law becomes something that can be discarded, revised, or you know, just basically exchanged for another set of laws or rules or principles. But society isn't very good at uh, at working by their own conscience. And so we need this absolute standard of truth. We need... The word of God that then becomes the, you know, the foundation for the law that we enjoy today in America through our Constitution, um, through the Declaration of Independence. Those are foundational pieces, and so when we look at what's happening today, God is not shocked, obviously, by the lawlessness he sees because man has departed. You know, in so many ways from the Word of God, from that relationship that Adam's referred that you referred to, that Adam spoke uh, earlier.
1: Yeah, and, and someone would be dismissive of that, but I mean, I think you can clearly chart this. The further we move away from God's truth, the more we move into this moral relativism and with it, uh, lawlessness. I mean, I, I you know, I, we, we, I, I kind of jokingly said you were early with the book, but if, if you go back a few years, I mean, I watched this during the Obama administration. We witnessed, I think, the beginning of, you know, really what you call political polarization and lawlessness that has only increased. I mean, Eric Holder, President Obama's attorney general, became the first attorney in general, attorney general to be held in contempt of Congress. You know, we saw in Ferguson and Baltimore riots, I think the seeds sown for what would sprout up. Uh, in nearly every major city uh, in America this year, because of the way it was dealt with, uh, when uh-huh. there, when when we explain away and rationalize, and there is no objective truth, we give way to lawlessness.
0: Uh-huh. Right, exactly. Well, isn't it interesting that Jesus revealed Himself as the Way and the Truth, not a truth, but the truth? And the other thing that Scripture tells us in the Book of Second Thessalonians is that there's also going to be people will believe the lie. And so we see this definite article in there put strategically by God for us to understand there is the truth and there is the lie. And some will follow the truth and some will follow the lie. And so when you get on that vein of the lie, it has multiple veins or streams of uh, of thought that go there. And some of them are religious, some of them are philosophical. You know, some of them are, you know, just moving in a direction of just cultural understandings, but they're still the lie. They still come out of the same root, and that is a lawless root apart from God. So lawlessness is not, you know, about the person who, you know, occasionally goes over the speed limit, but it's, it's an intentionality that sets God out of the picture and puts either self or something else in the place of God. And that's what I see happening in America today.
1: And that has ripple effects because it not only affects the individuals involved, but it has uh, it has an impact upon the broader society.
0: Uh Oh, every facet of society. So if we're talking about lawlessness, think about this. So society uh, passes laws to protect children. But in the process, they also prohibit the ability to correct your child. Or you give a child the ability to emancipate themselves because they don't like the rules. And so you see it run its course through school. School pulls God out of the picture. School changes, you know, the foundation. And so now everybody's operating by this crazy, you know, uh, what's right for you, what's right for me. And there is no truth that we can really build on. Um, I don't know about you, Tony, I don't know your background and growing up, but my dad was a colonel in the, in the U.S. Army. And it was pretty clear how things were going to operate in my household. And while I found resistance at times, especially in my teenage years, I also found security in those years mm-hmm. because I knew what the rules were. And if I played by the rules, things went well for me. And if I didn't play by the rules, things didn't go well for me. And that really is the essence of what Romans 13 talks about is, you know, when when there's not good leaders and good laws, then you have chaos and the gospel and Christians can't thrive uh, in the world today.
1: Yeah, I want to talk um, more about that. We're almost up uh, against a break here. And I don't want to get in the middle of a thought and then uh, have to uh, uh, pick it up on the other side of the break. But, but so let me just answer this. The book One Nation Without Law uh, still available, how can folks I think it 's in the, the third printing? how can folks get a copy of
0: it? yeah, they can uh, go right to Amazon and get a copy i don 't know uh, where we 'd be without Amazon. They seem to be delivering all the books for us now
1: <laughs> well it's a it 's a great book, very timely uh, One Nation without law uh phil hotson pillar uh phil we 're up against a break we 're going to come back on the other side of the break and 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 want to talk more about this from a a spiritual standpoint as we were warned we were actually warned about this and how should we respond how should we be prepared for this and and then we'll look at the connection between public policy and why as christians we should be involved uh, phil Hotzenpeller, my guest as we delve into lawlessness we've seen it all across america in the last year and what does 2021 hold well if history tells us anything lawlessness is going to be with us at least uh, at least until the one who will be the king of kings and the lord of lords returns and sets up his kingdom. So it's something we've got to learn to deal with, how to manage it. And uh, we're going to talk about that with Phil hudson here on the other side of this break. You're listening to Washington Watch, the website TonyPerkins.com. If you're on Twitter or parlor, it is at T. Perkins. All right, don't go away. We're coming back with more Washington Watch right after this.
2: Hey, Matt.
3: Hey, Hannah.
2: What's going on? Why so gloomy?
3: Well, I'm a little disappointed. I had a lot planned to do during the stay-at-home time, and I just didn't do it.
2: Oh, yeah? What did you have planned that you didn't get to do?
3: Well, I was actually hoping I would finally be able to get time to do a regular Bible-reading routine, and I started a couple of times. I just didn't stick with it.
2: Don't be too down on yourself. Starting a new routine can be hard. But one way to help is to join in with others and to have a good game plan. I think I have a good solution for you. Oh, yeah? Tony Perkins and FRC are doing a two-year study in the Word. They have it all mapped out.
3: When did they start? I, I would be so far behind.
2: Oh, that's not a problem. You can literally jump in any time. There's a daily reading just a couple of chapters a day with questions to help you think about what you're reading.
3: Nice. Where can I find this?
2: Go to frc.org slash Bible and you can get started.
3: Where's that again?
2: frc.org slash Bible.
3: Got it checking it out now
2: in a recent poll it was revealed that only six percent of americans hold a biblical worldview this research also indicated that christianity's teachings on abortion marriage and homosexuality are not only misunderstood but seen as dangerous and subversive in response to this trend family research council has released a new set of resources in our biblical worldview series in addition to our full publications, which cover the topics of Christian political engagement, abortion, religious liberty, and human sexuality, FRC now offers helpful summaries of each publication in this series, as well as accompanying prayer guides to help you and your family pray through these important issues. And finally, our popular biblical principles for political engagement is now available in Spanish. All of these resources are free and available at frc.org worldview. Again, that's frc.org slash worldview.
1: Masculinity in America has never been under attack the way it is today. We've reached the point where the term itself is considered toxic or offensive to many. The consistent message in our nation is that masculinity by nature is bad and is the root cause of many of the problems plaguing our society. From his experience as a military combat officer and ordained minister of the gospel, Lieutenant General William Boykin, has seen and dealt with firsthand the breakdown of leadership in our nation by the lack of godly men living lives of biblical purpose. In his latest book, Man to Man, Rediscovering Masculinity in a Challenging World, he addresses the essential elements of manhood as a provider, an instructor, a defender, a battle buddy, and a chaplain, and explains how to personally develop these traits and pass them to the next generation. Get your copy today of Man to Man, wherever books are sold. Welcome back to Washington Watch. I'm your host, Tony Perkins. So good to have you with us. The website, TonyPerkins.com. You know, as we were uh, talking earlier, the, the, the riots that moved across uh, America actually the most costly in u s history when you look at the civil disobedience and the riots that took place in um, dozens of American uh, cities and this uh, this idea of lawlessness this um, this surge of lawlessness, not new uh, we 're talking about it with Pastor Phil Hudson pillar. He is a past senior pastor of Influence Church in Southern California. Phil, thanks so much for uh, for joining us today.
0: Uh, great being with you, Tony, as always, and uh, looking forward to this uh, this section that we're going to talk more about uh, lawlessness and what's uh, happening and what we what we can do as Americans to uh, stem the tide and make a difference.
1: And and, and I, and I want to jump right into that, but I, I want to start with a passage of scripture in in Matthew chapter twenty. Uh, four. Uh, Then uh, Jesus says, then many false prophets will arise and deceive many. And because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. And I I made reference earlier to the effect of lawlessness, even among believers, as this lawlessness begins to permeate society, it has an impact upon them.
0: Mm -hmm. Oh, indeed it does. And a lot of people don't understand that they're actually operating within lawlessness. Because if I put something in place of God, then I essentially am, am practicing idolatry. When I practice idolatry, I put myself outside of the protection of the law, as well as the restrictions of the law. So I find myself a bit of a, a spiritual orphan, even though I may indeed be a Christian, by my, my, by my declaration, but my, by my behavior, what's going to happen as a result of that. And I think it's interesting the scripture you read, Tony, because it says lawlessness will abound. So it's something that signals that this is not just a normal lawlessness. There's an abounding of lawlessness that happens. And and then the next uh, phrase in that is, and the love of many will grow cold. So what's the result of uh, departing from God? It is our love grows cold. That means among believers, it means among the, among outsiders. And I think in this recent um, year, this current year that we're living in, that we've seen lawlessness abound um, beyond what we thought was really possible and watched uh, mayors of cities stand back and call it. You know everything from a vessel of love to the expression of of liberty, and yet what was happening there? There was a lack of love for everyone around them that was being harmed by this brutality. Whether it's stopping a car, whether it's burning down a building, uh, there's just no feelings there. And feelings become so critically important in a good sense for us to love and be k- and kind to one another.
1: So, as Christians. When we live in this environment, where um, and, and the lawlessness is not just on the streets of America, I would argue that it really began, I think, in the courtrooms of America, where uh-huh. evil was called good and good called evil. I mean, let me give you an example. Uh-huh. This is a story that just uh, just came out a couple of weeks ago, uh, within the last couple of weeks. A, a Wisconsin man who was imprisoned for having raped his own daughter is constitutionally entitled, according to a judge, to receive a sex change at taxpayers' expense. I mean, this is a guy who was sentenced to 34 years in jail after pleading guilty to first-degree sexual assault of his own daughter. And now he identifies as a transgender woman. And the judge ruled that it was uh, causing, let me just quote from the judge, that the true... Public interest lies in alleviating needless suffering by those who are dependent upon the government for their care, ruling that this man had a constitutional right to a sex change. I mean, when you see that, I mean, that to me is like... That is just what creates the lawlessness because we have moved away from objective truth into whatever we want to decry as being or whatever we want to declare as being true and real.
0: Yeah. And, you know, what's really interesting about that and and people have I've heard this being said more and more over the course of the last several years. And that is that doesn't even make sense. Right. Right. And when you hear that, you kind of wonder what, what is missing from society, and just make it society in general, not Christian society. Mm-hmm. And it is this ability to reason and to process logically and to separate and arrange truth so that you act in wisdom. And that is exactly what Romans 1 says would happen when we departed from God, when we suppressed the truth and unrighteousness, that we develop what's called in Scripture a base mind. And then further in Second Thessalonians, uh, we see kind of the let, let's call it the further extreme of this is that God will send them a great delusion that they should believe. And here's that phrase again: the lie. So when we depart from God as a, as a society, we stop reasoning and and using logic in a in a in a way that makes sense, and then that becomes normal. And then as we keep this spiral, this downward spiral, what happens is we fall into what Scripture calls a delusion, and then the final great delusion at the end of the age of this uh, present church age will be the the great delusion that introduces some uh, a character in Scripture identified as the Antichrist. Right. So you can see where this thing spirals out of control.
1: But okay, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you see that progression. Romans one. Uh, you know uh, of chapter that many don 't like to hear about it 's uh that uh, remote book of the Bible that uh, I think someone may reference to uh, the The fact is though that as this is occurring, those who are believers who are walking in fellowship with the Lord, enlightened by the Holy Spirit, walking in truth see the delusion they see what is happening around them they 're grieved by it and they have to live in this world and they have to respond. And that's what I want to talk about next. We're up against a break. But when we come back, how should Christians now live in a society that has rejected truth and reason when we see it so plainly and so clearly? Phil Hudson, Bill, my, my guest, talking about lawlessness in America. has a great book, One Nation Without Law. When we come back, we're going to continue our conversation with Pastor Phil hudson Pillar. To find out more, go to the website, TonyPerkins.com. If you're on Twitter or Parlor, it is uh, at TPerkins. So again, stick with us. We're going to come back and uh, continue our conversation with Pastor Phil right after this break. So don't go away. Lots more Washington Watch to come.
2: Since the 1973 Roe v. Wade Supreme Court decision, Congress and many states have taken various actions to stop taxpayer dollars from funding abortions or the abortion industry. As early as 1976, Congressman Henry Hyde led the effort to ban federal funding for abortions. The federal Hyde Amendment, named after him, established the principle that abortion is not health care, and therefore taxpayers should not be forced to fund abortions. Despite these efforts, the abortion industry still receives millions of dollars each year in taxpayer money. In 2019, Planned Parenthood, America's largest abortion provider, received $616.8 million in government funds. Family Research Council's newly updated Pro-Life Map tracks how your state has taken action to stop taxpayer funding of abortions. Go to frc.org slash pro-life maps to see where your state stands in the fight for life. That's FRC.org slash ProLifeMaps.
0: Oh, man. What's
2: wrong? I just missed Washington Watch with Tony Perkins, and our congressman was going to be on the show today. Oh, that's not a big deal. What do you mean? Well, you can always catch the replay of the day's show. How's that? With the Stanford app. Yeah? Yep, you can catch that day's program and so much more. You can contact your elected officials on campaigns and policies that are important to you with the Take Action tab. You can listen to Washington Watch with Tony Perkins live and play previous episodes while conveniently going about your day. You can access the Washington Update, informative blogs, tweets, and critical campaigns on the main feed, so you can stay up to date on local and national news. Wow, I'd definitely use that. How do you find the app? Just visit FRC.org slash app and download or search Stand Firm in the App Store. Okay, that's Stand Firm. Yep, Stand Firm. How do you know all this? Because I'm a SageCon. But that's another story.
1: Huh? Huh? listening to Washington Watch I'm your host Tony Perkins so glad that you are with us doing something I rarely do. I mean I probably only do this a handful of times in the course of one year and that is focus uh, the entire program on one subject with one guest. but I think this is so important that I am uh, committing this entire program to talking about lawlessness. I mean we've seen it on full display this past year as uh, as I mentioned earlier, the most costly series of civil disobedience riots uh, to erupt in American cities in the history of the country, and we need to make sense of all of this, and how are we to operate my guest Phil Hudson-Piller, he is uh, the pastor of influence church in Southern California, but he's a lot more he's an executive coach uh, he' uh, does a lot he's done a lot of different things, but he's also an author of several books, including. One Nation Without Law. Pastor Phil, thanks for, uh, for spending time with us today.
0: Oh, great to be with you, Tony, for sure. And uh, I know we were talking before the break uh, about just what can we do right. uh, as believers and how can we make a difference. And, in, you know, in some ways the church has lost its ability to influence and transform culture. And I, that's why I so appreciate what you do and how you, you make it practical and you bring those issues right to the forefront. I mean, for me, you're like a, a super valuable resource as a pastor and a leader of, of how can I disseminate some of this, this stuff that's going on because I don't have time to do that, and I know um, many, many pastors say exactly the same thing.
1: Well, I, I appreciate that. And and our goal is to help believers operate from a biblical worldview As george barna who is a part of our team um talks about if if we can if we can develop the biblical worldview in in people and that really is the critical time is from 18 months old to 13 years of age is when the foundation is laid for that biblical worldview then all of these other pieces fall in place and we are living in a, a, a An exciting time, quite frankly, I believe. Uh, It's a challenging time. Uh, 2020 has been filled with challenges. But when we look at this issue of lawlessness, you, you made reference to this at the very beginning, how this is not new. This has been throughout the history of mankind. But the Scripture gives us guidance, and this is where the biblical worldview comes in. The Scripture gives us guidance on how to deal with this. So that's where we kind of left off is how do we as believers in the midst of lawlessness, how do we respond?
0: Well, it's a great question. And I think one of the things that, that I've noted, and just to kind of put it in some practical ways, that we're really talking about a spiritual warfare, that we look at the world from a natural standpoint, we look mm-hmm. at it from a spiritual standpoint. And when we make that that division, we can understand, wow, some of these things that are happening in the natural really have a spiritual background to them, and I need to know what that is. And that means I need to walk in the power of God. I need to be filled with His Spirit. And what that means is to be under control, under His guidance, to have His mindset about me all the time to dig into scripture, to try to take culture, take uh, what's being said, and then look at the word of God and say, what does God have to say about this? I think the enemy really has a threefold uh, strategy. And here's what I'm going to, I put this in the book and I think it's still valid valid and in every generation it's a principle. First thing he does, he tries to to isolate us from the power and the presence of God. So if I can just get out of that, You know, he's, he's, he's already got step one done and then to diminish the moment in which we live, that Mm -hmm. is distract us from immediate opportunities that God provides. You know, I was thinking about this bill, uh, SB 145 in California that gave, uh, it was basically the right for an adult to, to basically, uh, have sex with a minor and it, and it, and it, it just kind of freed that up and. And I learned kind of late on that one, uh, about two days after it passed. But what hit me was it only won by one vote here in the state, just one person. And that means a whole lot of people, of Democrats, voted against it as well. And I thought, if we could have rallied the church a little bit harder, could that one have not passed? Mm-hmm. And I think we we miss out the distraction. And the third thing, he wants to polarize us with fear. Yes. And what's happened over this year is fear has become the dominant force in the life of the average Christian and individual in America. And so fear becomes more just a more powerful thing and kind of ignoring that scripture that says that God has not given us a spirit of fear. But if power, love, and I love this next one, and a sound mind, right? that our mind has to be sharp. It has to be ready and clear about what's the objective, what's the goal, and how am I going to get there?
1: It sounds like you're reading my show notes. Uh, that, that's what I talk <laughs> about uh, repeatedly. But, of course, the reason is it comes from Scripture. That's exactly what the enemy wants to do. And uh, again, we're up against a break. This was a short segment, but we're going to come back. I have a little longer time to talk. Folks, uh, Phil hotson my guest, we're going to continue this conversation on the other side of the break and really very practical. I mean, these are these are good things. What, what, what the devil wants to do is isolate you. We're going to talk about that, how you can prevent from being isolated from God and from other believers. Diminishing the moment, distractions, Wow, there's so many distractions out there. And overcome fear with faith. We're going to talk about how you can do that. Practical steps as a believer so that we can contend with the lawlessness that is enveloping our culture and our country. Phil Hudson my guest. He's going to continue with us. I hope you will as well. Check out the website, TonyPerkins.com. We're going to be right back with more of Washington Watch right after this break.
3: Get a trusted perspective on the news of the day every day. Listen to Washington Watch with Tony Perkins to get honest and in depth commentary on what's going on in our nation's capital and around the world. Join Family Research Council President Tony Perkins live every weekday on over 800 radio stations across the country. Or listen to the show when it works for you by visiting TonyPerkins.com. On the show, you'll hear from guests like Ben Carson, Senator Josh Hawley, Representative Vicki Hartzler, Molly Hemingway, Pastor Jack Hibbs, Dana Lash, Sissy Graham Lynch, Pastor John MacArthur, Eric Metaxas, Albert Moeller, and more. Tony is joined by leading political figures, pastors, and policy and culture experts who will inspire you to be engaged and informed on the important issues facing America. For a Christian perspective on the news of the day, tune in to Washington Watch with Tony Perkins at TonyPerkins.com.
4: Are you looking to grow closer in your relationship with Jesus Christ and in your knowledge of God's Word? Family Research Council has a three-part series titled Three Ways to Read the Bible – This series shares helpful ways to be encouraged and directed by God's truth by observing the text of the Bible and applying it to your life. There is no better time than now to get to know God through his word by looking into the Bible to see what it says about itself, God, and humanity. There's no better time than now to begin devoting time to the Lord and to seek out his meaning for you. This blog series is a great primer on opening your eyes and heart to Him through the Bible amid the toils and troubles of today. Check out this helpful resource and learn how to read the Bible with not just your eyes, but with your heart and mind as well. To learn more, visit frcblog.com slash ways to read. That's frcblog.com slash ways to read. What's on your daily or weekly reading list? Are you looking for honest and informative commentary from fellow believers on the current issues facing our culture? Family Research Council has just the thing. Check out FRC's blog at frcblog.com. The content on our blog is written by our policy experts as well as outside contributors. On our blog, you can read about a wide variety of topics, including religious liberty, life, marriage, family, sexuality, public policy, and the culture. Read up on some of our latest titles like Four Disturbing Trends in Religious Freedom Worldwide, Legitimizing Looting Jeopardizes Liberty for All, The Media Still Doesn't Get It, Conservatives Tend to Vote Conservative, and more. At Family Research Council, our mission is to advance faith, family, and freedom in the culture by helping you live out your faith and to stand for truth. Our blog is here to help you do that. Stay informed and get the resources you need at frcblog.com.
1: This is Washington Watch. I'm Tony Perkins, your host. So glad that you have chosen to spend some time with us. The website, TonyPerkins.com. If you're on Parlor, it's at T. Perkins. All right, Phil Hudson Pillar, my guest, talking about lawlessness in America. He's the author of One Nation Without Law. Uh, as I mentioned uh, earlier, doing something I rarely do, that is focusing the entire program on one topic. Uh, Phil, before we went to the break, we were talking about. How Christians can deal with these three issues that you said that uh, which I agree with. Satan wants to isolate us from uh, the the power and presence of God as well as other believers. He wants us to be distracted, diminishing the moment uh, in which we live, and polarizing us with fear. And I was just thinking it during the break, one, uh, the scripture where one of the ways we. Combat disobedience is through our obedience, and mm-hmm. we may be tempted when you know everyone else is just disobeying the law that you know we may be tempted to do the the same, but we've got to be very very careful that we walk in obedience with the Lord and his law and his truth rather um, so that we can contend with those who are disobeying his truth.
0: Mm-hmm. Exactly. And, you know, I like to put it, the point of departure is the point of return. You know, where did you leave off with God? And you have to go back to that moment and find out what was it that turned your heart uh, a little bit cold toward God. And there's a scripture in Hebrews that says, you know, let us not forsake the assembling of ourselves together, which is the habit of some. Mm -hmm. But then this next part, all the more as you see the day drawing near. So the closer you get to the return, it says amp up your, your community and amp up your commitment to Christ. Well, isn't that
1: interesting? Isn't that interesting, Phil, that during this year of lawlessness is when the churches were in lockdown and in Mm -hmm. many places told
0: not to meet? Right. And you know, we experience that here in California as much or more than anyone else. Um, with it, we we made a decision, Tony, back uh, on uh, May 31st that we were reopening, and we just we saw how it was hurting our our community and how it was hurting our, you know, just the ability to, to navigate. And I remember that first Sunday when people came back after being gone for you know a couple of months, and they were just crying just to be in the house of God. And now we're still open, and we we're seeing. Um, Just record numbers of people, record number of baptisms. We're seeing a different caliber of Christian. Uh, I really believe that are more committed to their faith than ever before. And we've had no outbreaks of COVID. We've had no problems and we've had no uh, interference, you know, from health or, um, law officials because they recognize that there's, there are bigger issues here. And if we, if we don't acknowledge our First Amendment rights, and we don't stand for what is true and right, then it's just going to be that much easier the next time when they want to close the church down. And I think last number I saw, Tony, was that there's about uh, somewhere around 1,500 to 2,000 churches in California that are currently open. And that's out of about 40,000 churches.
1: Right, right. And I've talked to many of them and they're experiencing the same thing. I've been in some of them, uh, experiencing the same thing with people hungry coming to Christ, um, mm-hmm. hundreds of baptisms. But, uh, but I want to point out one other thing, especially at those pastors that might be listening, that you paved the way, as did a number of these other pastors who were friends of mine, for time such as this by building relationships with the local elected officials people don't realize how important those local relationships are this goes back to the the whole concept inter, of interposition which the the founders used of appealing to lower elected officials to protect them from the aberrant higher of uh, uh, elected <laughs> officials and and that's exactly what you've been doing in california
0: Oh, this is a key. When we started, we started this church uh, eight years ago, and we determined that that we would be a friend of the city. That's what we said. We were we're going to help the city, and and we know that sooner or later they're going to help us too if we help them. So we took the initiative. And so I've actually been the moderator at a mayor debate. I've been the moderator at two city councils. Uh, we have the city paid for an annual tree lighting at our facility for four years straight. Um, we replace all the all the banners for fallen soldiers in our city we, at our cost because we wanted to be a part of it. And that's just the beginning of what we do to try to, you know, help out our city. And guess what? It pays huge dividends. And and I believe that the key you just said it, Tony. It's so critical. You said it so much better than I ever could. But somehow that key of your local um, government is the key to your future in terms of uh, of your your state and your local community, your city. And if you don't have the right people there, then guess what? On a national level, the president's not going to help you. It's going to be the governor. It's going to be the mayor that's going to crush you without strong, right. good local government.
1: And And the good news is you can affect those elections if you if we get involved as christians all Mm -hmm. right i i want to go to this issue before we run out of time because i think this is a big question on the on the minds of many christians we talked about contending with lawlessness by our obedience exposing those who are disobedient but let's talk about this i I made this uh I, i referenced this uh news article about this judge who declared a constitutional right for a sex offender a rapist to get a sex change now, you, you pointed that it's illogical. Uh, not only is it you know contrary to truth, it's illogical, it's contrary to the law, but the judge made it up. So when the government rejects the law, as Christians, we have to contend by obeying the law, but it's not necessarily the law of man, but rather the truth of God.
0: Mm-hmm. How do we do that? Well, I- yeah, and foundational, you know, is the Word of God. We have to, to be able to look with wisdom at the Scriptures and say, what does, what is God telling us to do as a people? And sometimes it's counterculture. And we have to say, okay, you know, just like the apostles who were forbid from preaching the Gospel, and they it says they were subject to them. It doesn't say they obeyed them. It says they were subject to. So they said, we're going to obey God rather than man, but you determine what's going to happen to us yeah, that, that's a being really
1: good point and that that means that look we're going to obey god but we realize that we may suffer the consequences mm-hmm. at the hands of man that's a, a very very important element to to bring out on this and we have to be willing to face those consequences
0: Exactly, and we've seen it uh, around the world. We've preached about it. We've read books about it of other nations, but now we find ourselves, you know, on the doorstep of some of those very kind of opportunities to to resist uh, oppression and overreach by our government, not in our, not only our biblical faith but our constitutional rights. And I just think the challenge is is in front of us to say if you don't stand now you won't be able to stand later
1: yeah yeah so well said and you mentioned uh, earlier you said where we where we leave off with this current um you know pandemic crisis is where we'll pick up with the next cuz we're setting precedent and you know i, I look if I've, I've said this to people before I, I don't believe i have the calling of a martyr um i don't because th- i i think um I'm going to contend for the faith... And, and if I lose my life in the process that's fine, but I'm not going in into it with an attitude of a martyr I'm going into it for standing for truth victoriously I believe that in this country we still have the tools as Americans you made reference to it we have constitutional rights that we only preserve by using them if we lock them away and say we have them but never use them that's when we lose them and subsequent generations lose them as well I'm for contending and battling for the faith and for the freedoms that so many have sacrificed so greatly to give us. Mm -hmm.
0: Well, you know, for me, I I look back on my heritage and I I think it's such an important part if you're an American to look back and say, you know, who went before us and who paid the price? You know, and my my 11th great grandfather was uh, William Baxter, who wrote the Mayflower Compact. You know, I've got, you know, relatives that fought under Washington, you know, his riflemen. And I go back, and, and I watch this, and I say, they did that for a reason. Mm-hmm. How can I squander the price that was paid for me to enjoy the benefits I enjoy today? And I think it's a, it's courage. You know, courage is not something I don't believe people are born with. I think it's something that comes from an inner conviction and a truth that supersedes the the difficulties and the challenges and the evil that surrounds us.
1: Yeah, you mentioned uh, earlier when you were asked the question by the uh, producer at the History Channel, you know, what kept you up at night? And you said lawlessness. I- I've been asked the same question. What 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 bothers you most? Uh, you know, what keeps you up at night? And said, well, other than caffeine, nothing keeps me up. But the, the one thing that challenges me or troubles me is a lack of courage. because courage moral courage is missing today and if america is to be preserved and 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 i'm not talking about just this as a country but the freedoms that we enjoy that enable us to take the message of the gospel around the world and to have been a blessing with all of our faults all of our problems we still have been a blessing to the entire world and have sent more missionaries than any other country in, in uh-huh. history. And it goes back to the moral courage of standing for, proclaiming what is true and not uh-huh. hiding in the midst of this uh, this age of hostility toward the truth.
0: Yeah, and when you're unwilling to to, to fall down and just give up, you, you know, I heard Billy Graham say one time, one man of courage strengthens the spine of a hundred men. Uh-huh. And just one person who's willing to stand and make a difference. You know, we have a large uh, group of Romanians uh, in our church who left, you know, Romania under, because due to the oppression. Right. And so I have a great love for them. Yes. And they said, you know, Me too. these are the things we started seeing happening. You know, the older generation of Romania, these are the things we started happening uh, in Romania. They're happening here. Yes. We didn't come here for this. So they're very, very um, wise and experienced, whereas we are, you know, kind of novices in this whole process.
1: They are are sounding the alarm.
0: They are. They are.
1: Uh, Pastor Phil, before we um, run out of time, there's so much I'd like to talk about this. I I find this a fascinating topic because while we wrestle with this in the public policy arena and in the, the, the criminal arena, it is at its core, it is spiritual. Mm-hmm. Uh, so as we battle uh, as Christians, as we contend with this lawlessness, give give our listeners some practical steps of how they can be equipped to not not just survive in this age of lawlessness, but actually thrive.
0: Yeah, and I believe the first step is your personal commitment. I mean, make a personal commitment to follow God every day. I mean, just get up in the morning. Your first thing out of your mouth is... I'm going to follow God, sink or swim, do or die. I'm following God. Yeah. Ask God to open up opportunities for you to influence the world that you live in. Never diminish your influence, regardless how small or how large it might be. Just say, what can I do where I am? Sometimes it's one word spoken can change the whole course of what you're doing. And, and then I think studies the scriptures, um, find a topic like justice and study that one. And know your constitution, know what's going on in your own city, get involved on a local level. Even if it's a, a very small entry level, you would be surprised how much one voice can make a difference in this, in the place you're living. Um, know the policies, knows what's happening. I mean, you know, your, your website and your ministry, um, is so valuable that these are things that, are resources you need you need some some resources to to fight and do uh, battle with the enemy
1: yes i and i would add one thing in that prayer and, and it goes back to romans chapter one i think that the trigger of uh, when they began to go down that uh, that downward spiral is when they had hearts of ingratitude and mm, even in the midst of the challenging times that we face we need to thank god Every morning that he entrusted this moment in time to us, that we might be used for his purposes and uh, and for his his kingdom. You know, this next year, um, I don't think I don't think it's going to what the challenges we faced in 2020 are just automatically going to stop at uh, 1159 uh, on on uh, New Year's Eve. Uh, Lawlessness is with us. It has been with Mm -hmm. us in the past. It's going to continue to be with us. But uh, in our faithfulness, we can overcome and contend Mm -hmm. with it.
0: Mm -hmm. You know, the subtitle of my book is The Rise of Lawlessness, the End Times, and the Power of Hope. And when you operate in biblical hope, which means confident assurance in what God has promised, God will secure. Yes.
1: Yes. And we can take that hope and share it with others when we're willing to stand and contend for it. See, I think I think the greatest expression of love is to proclaim God's truth to his people, because, as as Jesus said, it is the truth that will make you free. Mm-hmm. Amen. Phil Hudson-Piller, thank you so much for uh, for joining us. Uh, great read. One Nation Without Law and I know we're going to have some future conversations, but uh, thank you for being so generous with your time today.
0: Thank you so much, Tony. Great talking to
1: you. Great to talk with you as well. And Happy New Year. All thank right, you. Phil hudson Pillar, One Nation Without Law. Get a copy of the book, very timely, because it, it gives you the the biblical foundation to contend with what we are facing um, with what we're faced with today in America. But it also gives you the the, the spiritual understanding that this is not just like this thing that just popped up. This has been running throughout time. But you can prevail in the power of Christ. All right, until next time, I leave you with the encouraging words of the Apostle Paul found in Ephesians 6, where he says when you've done everything you can do, when you've prayed, prepared, and taken your stand, by all means, keep standing.